This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Galen Pfeiffer talks about managing personal finances. How do we manage finances during bad economic times? Is there always a way to save for the future? Well, let's find out. This interview was originally aired April 30th, 2020. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. Welcome in Galen Pfeiffer, who spent the last 39 years as a certified public accountant, is a financial specialist accredited in business valuations, certified in financial forensics and in several other certifications. Galen is a shareholder and partner with Adams, Brown, Barron and & Ball and is an expert witness on taxes, trusts, business operations, business valuations, and financial forensics. He's preparing to retire at the end of the day today. Is that right? Wow. And so congratulations. Um, so this is this is the last day today, and you're spending a little time with us. Very good. That's cool. Yeah. Quite a coincidence. Uh, yeah. And Galen lives in Hayes with his beautiful wife, Kathy. They have four sons and four grandchildren. Of course, Kathy used to have uh, Messenger. And, and so congratulations on that. Uh, and Galen, I don't know if you remember. I'm going to share a story, uh, a Christian thing you did. I don't know if you remember this, but when I lived in, in uh, Hayes, when we lived in Hayes, uh, early years of, of being married, we lived in the apartments up on about 35th and uh, Hall, I guess it was. And it was, a, it was a snowstorm, late season snowstorm. It was either late March or first week in April. We had back-to-back snowstorms. But I took my little car. I was going to go to Dillon's to get groceries. And I took it, and I got stuck. And here came Galen Pfeiffer. You not only got me unstuck, we got the car back to the house, but you drove me to Dillon's to get groceries. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, you know, so, I do remember that. Yeah, I just I yeah. still remember that. What a great thing you did, and I was just so appreciative of that. So I just thought I had to mention that story as a very Christian thing to do. Well, so thank you. Anyway, we're going to talk today a little bit about managing personal finances, and uh, we'll kind of just jump right in. Many people aren't taught how to manage finances. Then they become adults and find themselves struggling. So what are some of the rules in general about managing finances that you can share with folks? Well, Ken, you said the first thing about being taught, and one of the things, again, in my 39-plus years as as working as a CPA in, in finance is just uh, it's always something I've encouraged people to do is to teach their children how to how to manage their finances and so a lot of times just that early start you know I normally encourage them just in even high school to you know get them that checking account and get them that credit card and you know give them a little budget just to work with it and and what a better time that is then when you can control that and teach them, that's a good, just a good opportunity for you, them to teach because it gets real complex real quick. And mm-hmm. sometimes we've seen in instances I had is, you know, a lot of times college students just getting in trouble with credit cards and stuff like that. And basic, some of that is just a lack of understanding. But the, your question about just some general rules, you know, there's no, you know, nothing revolutionary or, or even, you know, incorrect how people do it. But most of the time, and I, I see this a lot in my business, some people just get frazzled uh, with finances. In fact, some people, I mean, they come into my office and just says, take it. You know, they throw throw the sack and the envelopes and stuff, and they don't, just don't even want to deal with it. It just frustrates them. Sometimes like a little bit like going to the dentist or something. They mm-hmm. just, they don't like it. They hate it. Or the, and, and I attribute that a little to just not understanding 
You know, and so a little of my just the basic rules is one or general rules is, first of all, you know, just have a plan. And it's no different than the, the old saying, you know, a ship without a rudder. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. know where you're going or you don't have a map, you aren't going to get there. And so with finances, it's it's very much the same as, you know, normally, and I always use a uh, you know, uh, I guess I, I like to work with young people just because they're just getting started. And, and we put them on what we call the 30 or 40 year plan. And just in that 30 or 40 working years that they're going to have, we just get them in a good direction. The other thing, and you're going to hear this a lot today, is just simple. You know, people make their finances too complex. You know, I have one person that, I mean, they have 10 bank accounts. They have, a, you know, a bank account for groceries and a bank account for the car payment. And and you don't need, you don't need that, especially in this day and age with, you know, too much information out there. Sometimes it's not good. And so sure. simple is better. And the other thing is just, you know, if you can set things up just to work automatically, you know, you, you know, have your taxes withheld, your automatic payments for savings, your tithing and stuff like that. If you can have some of that stuff just done automatically, it just makes it simpler and less stressful. And then the last thing as far as just general rules is is just have a way to measure if you're making progress or not. And, and, and we'll talk a little later about that. All right. Well, I know one of the things that, and I didn't learn this early on, and I wish I would have had that advice as a young person, but the time value of money. And, um, you know, you talked about that you were planning for 30 or 40 years and the difference that that can make. And so uh, something certainly very important. For people who've had to take out loans, is it possible to get out of debt? I mean, what can people do there and how, 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 they, how can they reduce or avoid even the burden of debt? Well, Ken, you know, and debt I, I, I maintain is a burden only if it's not manageable. Mm-hmm. And the first thing, though, is, it, you know, if you're talking about someone that's in trouble with debt, is there, there's oh, some just, in fact, right now is a good opportunity to, you know, consolidate and to refinance and lower rates. But by all means, if you're in trouble with it, there's certain just steps to take of how you got to work your way out of it. But overall, you know, we all, you know, credit card, student loan, car payment, house payment, at some point, you're going to encounter debt. And if it's manageable and and you can, hey, every opportunity you get, make extra payments. Or, you know, a lot of times, you know, I tell people when they have bonuses or, or like even now today here when we're getting this, this stimulus payment, you know, that's your opportunity to take some or all of it and, and maybe clean up some of that stuff that, you, that, you have, that you're burdened with or have mm-hmm. trouble. But the same way, uh, same word is keep it simple. You know, again, uh, this is a different client, but, you know, they had 12 credit cards. You know, I mean, you don't need 12 credit cards, you know, but if you have debt, the only time you really need to have debt is for a home, a car, you know, student loans. Those are understandable. And and as I said, as long as you keep it manageable, uh, you're good. And the way you do keep things manageable, I maintain, is through an emergency fund. Normally, if you have just uh, something to help you with the unexpected, you know, like, um, you know, the refrigerator blows up or the you need new tires for the car. It's just the unexpected is what people get themselves in trouble because, you know, they put it on the credit card and pretty mm-hmm. soon that's out of control. So if you can keep those things to where you don't have to go to debt, uh, an emergency fund is a, a thing that we normally encourage and we'll talk about. And so when it comes to budgeting, Galen, what would you recommend and how should individuals use uh, a budget? 
you know, Ken, people get scared when you say the word budget and, and a lot of people just shy away from it. And again, little because of understanding. But if you get your arms around just simply what a budget is, you, I think it puts a whole new perspective on it. And that is you just you can spend more than you make. And, and that's all what a budget is. It, all what it does, it's your plan. And before we talked about one of the general rules about finances, have a plan. Normally, uh, a budget, and it doesn't need to be anything complicated. It just can be simple. In fact, you know, my budget I do on my calculator. I just, you know, I know how much I, I, I take home a month, and I just subtract off, you know, the house payment and the car payment and the groceries and the insurance and so forth. And and the budget just what it does is something as simple as that. It um, just tells me, hey, if I'm upside down or not. And, and if I'm upside down, then I have to make adjustments. If I'm right side up, then I know, you know I have extra money for either tithing or for savings or, or for, for things that are important to us. And that's the second part about the budget. It, it allows you to sort of set your goals. You know, like if you're, if you're planning on taking a trip next year or in two years or whatever, and you know how much it's going to cost. It just allows you to just get a discipline to set aside, and a budget helps you do that. So normally how a budget works, it just it just tells you what the bottom line of a budget just tells you, like I said, if you're upside down or not. And hopefully it can tell you how much you can save. And the saving part is what you can then use to help meet some of your goals, whether it be you know, a child's wedding, a, a down payment for a house. But pretty well, you just start out with your, your income. And, and normally, you know, I'd, I'd want you to use your after-tax income because if you're withholding correctly and stuff like that, you just want to have the taxes and stuff taken out up front. So your take-home pay is what you start with. And then, as I said, you just subtract off those things that are monthly bills and so forth and, uh, and then allow for the things, your goals in there. And then, like I said, all what it does is it proves – that you're not upside down. And the, the consequence of being upside down is it causes you to then go to debt, uh, to credit cards or things like that to help meet your monthly expenses. So, so you gotta prove to yourself. And, and again, you know, I always give uh, my clients, well, now my former clients, uh, <laughs> I give them a, just a form and it's a simple form, it's nothing complex, but all that, what it has on is, is, is the different categories of things that you should plan for, you know, the, the you know, I mentioned houses, house payment, insurance, you know, medical and so forth. And it just allows you to be complete just so you don't underestimate your budget. Mm -hmm. And obviously we run into different things along the way. It'd be nice if things were always smooth and steady, but Galen, during times of crisis, much like right now, how have you seen the importance and the effects of budgeting work to benefit your life and also helping others to do the same? You know, again, there's no uh, downplaying that this is a time of crisis. You know, even in my almost 40 years of, of uh, being in, in uh, the CPA business, you know, I've never seen anything probably quite like this, you know, just on our economy and, and you know, uh, people, you know, dying and, and people getting sick and so forth. So so with that, uh, what this time usually does, and, and you really got to be, you know, sensitive to people because, you know, just in the last couple of months, you know, I, I've had numerous people either, you know, business closed, you know, temporary closed down, out of work, you know, have to go to unemployment. And, and not only is it a financial 
crisis, but it's also an emotional, you know, crisis for a lot of people that just haven't experienced that. But normally, you know, again, the, the first words we say is don't panic, you know, and, and this is a little where, where going back to your plan, your finance plan, is anytime you have a plan, you always have a contingency plan. And usually in finance, uh, the, our contingency plan is usually our emergency fund. And the, the hope is, you know, during this time is that you, first of all, uh, want to secure your, your source of income. And, and so hopefully right now, if you have been laid off or, or your business that you work at is closed or, or, or changes have been made, uh, that it's just a temporary uh, type thing. And normally we just encourage people to try to secure some source of income. And even right now, you know, there are some pretty favorable benefits to the unemployed because of this here crisis. And, but use that just as a stepping stone to the next thing. And, and even, you know, we look at this as possibly it'll maybe be even better than it was before. So you always want to keep that hope or optimism, but, but do look at it. But again, the first part of this is you got to, for your family, if you're the main breadwinner or possibly the only breadwinner, you, you do need to find a permanent source. And, and now's the time to just start seeking that because, you know, it's going to be a new environment going forward here. But right at this point, in time, you know, with the budgeting piece is that, again, key points is, hey, just preserve your cash. Is This is, is go to your emergency fund, reduce your spending, rethink your budget. And, and again, now it's, it's, it's time to make adjustments to your budget that previously when things were just uninterrupted, you know, we almost attribute this a little bit like a reset button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you just, hey, you're starting over and just sort of gives you a chance to sort of rethink things and look at things a little closer that you maybe didn't before. But, you know, a popular word right now with everybody is negotiate. <laughs> and so whether it be your landlord or whether it be, you know, even the bank on your debt payments and so forth, right now is an environment where you just need to preserve cash. And even if you can get deferrals or reductions or whatever, you know, that, that's, the, that's the things that need to be happening right now until you secure that, that, that next source of income or employment. But the thing that we're worried about most in this here crisis situation is what we call the trickle-down effect. And, and all what that is is the uncertainty of what the aftermath of this is going to be. And, and I, we attribute that because, you know, I, I hear some people say, you know, I have not been affected yet. But yet, you know, in the back of my mind or even to their face, I'll, I'll say, well, you know, at some point everybody will. You know, when, when you shut down New York City and Chicago and governments and schools and churches, you know, there's some residual effect that's going to come about. And it's maybe not right today, but at some point it, w it will. But normally what we do or understand with this here situation is, everybody's going to have to work with less because right now everybody's there's less out there less spending less so so again if everybody understands that that they're going to have to work with less it'd be better to be proactive and look at your budget and and you know look at reductions or negotiate or whatever you can do but the other thing during this time we we always ask people to be mindful and by doing that, we got to be thinking, you know, of this of our neighbor. You know, when we, when we talk about our church closing down or our school closing down, you got to be thinking, you know, they have bills too. And so when you be mindful, and even I'm asking people if they can, even add another item to your budget. And this is just, hey, helping other people. Because again, you know, people that are without a job, if you're fortunate to continue to work, 
boy, I mean, it, this is now the time for us to be mindful of other people mm-hmm. and not just stop and helping and giving. Now's our time to where we can really make a difference. And so in your budget is I tell people, okay, here, you know, be a, a cautionary and, and make your adjustment, but yet be mindful. And if you can help, uh, the other people are out there too that are in the same situation. So if you're, you're fortunate to maybe not have been affected as much, that maybe this is your opportunity for that. So can budgeting help people be more consistent in their tithing efforts as well? You might speak to that a bit. Well, Ken, giving is important, and, and again, I mean, some of our advice is be a giver, uh, not only just just because it's the right thing to do, but the rewards from it. But, but you know, the thing we have to remember, like even right now, is is you, uh, if you can, even in this here times, you got to continue your charity. And the, normally, the way we just sort of uh, teach people to do that, and the tithing element is is, you know, like Kathy and I, you know, in, in our budget, we treat it no different than our utility bill. We we treat it no different than our, you know, car payment or whatever. We just treat it as a monthly uh, thing in our budget. And, and, you know, we've always just been blessed that no matter what, you know, when things change or get hard, it just seems like it's always there. Mm-hmm. And so, so here, the thing is, you know, a lot of times uh, the first thing people would think is, hey, you know, uh, to adjust your budget is to stop giving. But but I think it's more important now, and, and you know, I'm a little biased here because you know I serve on on our church's uh, finance committee, so we see the other side of this too because they still have utilities to pay and insurance mm-hmm. and people to pay and so forth. So, so right now is probably more important than ever is is to give because there's some people that just can't uh, because of their change in circumstance. So. But it's a, it is a time to help, and because they need us, and and you know, and the, when I mentioned before about adding that extra line to the budget, is hey, it can be as simple as you know taking that food item to the food bank, or or just because it, at at that point, just something extra during this time will make a difference. So if you can, you know, just budgeting, I think, is the ideal way to to treat giving. Is this that I know there's there's a limit in. And you can't give to everybody, but yet, you know, I always tell people, hey, prioritize your giving, and those things that are important to you is just, you know, treat it as an item in your budget. Absolutely. I th- you know, one of the things that we're blessed with, and I'm glad we did, we not that long ago, um, we actually even switched over to just uh, the, the automatic bank draft for our tithing at our parish. And, you know, the nice part about that is that it continues to be there, even though we're not necessarily at mass to drop that envelope in the collection basket. And so that's been important to us. And I think a lot of people have done that as well. And it certainly can help the parishes, too. So those other things that are out there and available for folks, too. So, well, where can people go, Galen, for help with managing personal finances or to learn more about how to manage those finances? Very good. And, and Ken, you, just to go back to what you just said about the uh, making it automatic, you know, that's part of the simplification of any mm-hmm. type of financial plan. And whether it be your tax payments or whether it be your insurance payments or those things, your tithing, whether it just be those things that are important to you that you need, if you can just set it up automatically, it's a, it's a little bit of a peace of mind knowing that it's done, it's paid, you're doing, you know, what you, your goals are and so forth. So, so good move, good move on your part. And you didn't even get our training. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> Actually, I could have used it because there's many areas I failed miserably. So yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, back to your question of where you can get yes, help. And there's many sources. And, I mean, you can just go to Google and, and you, you know, the Dave Ramsey courses, the Get Out of Debt courses, there's just gobs of them. And I can't really speak to, hey, which one's better to do the other, but they're all good. And, and so by all means, uh, just some reading and some some self-help type uh, programs or just help, if anything that can do to help create a discipline. You know, in my business, I mean, you know, for the last 39 years, we do it as part of that. And normally, I would just encourage if you do have an advisor or something like that, normally, you know, similar to our policy, usually there's like a free consultation, you know, like initial consultation and stuff like that that you can uh, get fr from some, you know, uh, I guess, knowledgeable resources to help you if you're in a bind or so forth. So I always, always encourage people to take advantage of that. If, if you can get some just some a free consultation, you know, or initial consultation up front, at least it, it gets, just helps you get on a direction to see if you have a problem or not. But but anyway, there's all, all different types of uh, depending on, on um, what your resources are of where you can get help from you know as i said the first one is just plenty of reading reading and sources out there if you just google it you'll you'll find it but the others are you know there's plenty of financial planners and again i always encourage people just you know do watch for certifications and so forth and i only say that is because again and I don't want this to sound incorrectly, but sometimes people are m more motivated to sell something than they are to help. And, and not, not that they don't mean well, but yet, you know, everybody has to make a living, too. But from your perspective, again, if you're just seeking help and don't need a product or something like that, just, just be wary of, of that sometimes. Also, you know, your bankers, uh, you know, sometimes your, your resources that you have just every day that can help you with some of the direction. It's always good to just get an opinion and, and as I said, uh, or help from people that maybe are in in the area of finance or business because a lot of times they, similar to us, you know, we've seen it all. And so about every circumstance, you know, I always, I always tell people, you know, I can fix anything. And it's just because of that. It's just because we've, we've dealt with it all. We've seen it all. So, so with that, and like I said, just with some caution as to, you know, uh, the, the sources that are out there. But there, there's plenty of resources for help and just a matter of spending time to get it or, or to read or whatever. We need to take a short break right now. But whether you're listening via radio, computer, phone app, or Amazon Echo, please know we'll be right back with more about managing personal finances with Galen Pfeiffer. We're back on Divine Mercy Radio. Managing Personal Finances with Galen Pfeiffer. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. Our guest is Galen Pfeiffer. We're talking about managing personal finances. Galen, with some good practical information here, sharing the information with our listeners today. We talked a lot about the do's with financing. Uh, Galen, how about some of the don'ts? Uh, might hit on some of those today. Very good, Ken. And you said the right word. You know, a lot of this is just common sense and, and just practical type uh, solutions. But sometimes that's what it takes is just to get comfortable with your situation. But 
Yeah, normally before we talk about the downs, uh, let's just re sort of summarize the do's. Sure, that we have plenty of time, about. so you bet. Okay, you <laughs> very bet. good. Well, the the do's again, and the first thing that 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 I said is to have a plan, and and whether that be a budget, but more or less all what the plan is is to today is to make a resolution, and this is probably the the most important thing is just make a resolution to do something if your finances are causing you confusion or uncomfortableness or something just just start putting things and we mentioned a couple things for the plan one is just a simple budget uh, start with that and, and just to sort of see once where you're at and, and also to start some things on and I call it autopilot uh, where you put things like you know Ken had said he put his tithing on just you know automatic withdrawal but uh, many of the things you know you can do you know whether it be your monthly payments or any of things most of that but the bigger things that I want to want you to understand you can put on autopilot is some of these things to meet some of your goals and normally you know the first step with a budget is the key is number one first of all rule of budget is you can't spend more than you make but the second thing is that you know planning ahead for down the road after you uh, are similar to me ready to retire you have to have a plan of where you have to save so much per year and and rule of thumb and this is just a general rule of thumb out there just is is 10% 10% of your income per year is what you should save so so some sort of a, a a savings plan to get you on board to where you're not just thinking of today but you're thinking of down the road and so when you're like in my position that 39 40 years later that you uh, are ready to retire or want to retire or or need to retire uh, that you have your the resources available where you can make that decision because you know the biggest mistake and I've, I have this uh, pretty regularly is people come to me and they're 50 and and they say I, I want to start my retirement and and the first thing I say is you're too late and and I mean and that's that's the case if if you if you wait till you're that till that long to start savings you're too late you're you're not going to get there you're going to be working I guess forever so the, the so the first thing is as I said have a plan and this is the do's the second thing as we said is simplify and as we said just make things simple and and there's a number of reasons for that is you know reduce the number you don't need a lot of accounts you don't need a lot of credit cards you you, you need one and so if if you are uncomfortable some of it's just because you got too much stuff and it's so it's pretty easy you know to manage one bank account and one credit card and and really the only accounts you need is that you need one checking account you need one savings account you need one credit card and you need a retirement account and pretty well that's as simple as it can get but that's pretty well in most people's situation all that they need so first thing was have a plan second thing was do simplify the third thing is have a way to measure yourself and when I say measure this self is everybody at any point in time there's a couple of things you need to know you first of all you just need to know hey if you're making progress and we've discussed that before about with a budget if you're upside down or not you understand that but the other thing is from year to year I normally encourage people to just do a quick uh, uh, measurement and that's hey make a list of your accounts and make a list of what you owe and see if you've improved on those since last year. 
So, so that's a way to just measure yourself, and it's the same difference. If you, if you can't measure yourself, if you're making progress, then it's hard to know where you're at or it's hard for you to understand. So, so have a plan, simplify, and have a way to measure. But then the last thing is that I need you to do or that we encourage people to do is keep the foot on the accelerator. And I say that because time is too short. And, and time goes quickly, as, as you all are aware. So the, fa- the sooner you can start, and, and Ken mentioned the time value of money, the rule of 72, and all that stuff, and all what that goes down to is a simple principle. Uh, the, the, a little bit over a long period of time adds up to a lot. And so that's sort of the, the whole theory of finance and accumulations and so forth. Now, so those are the do's. Those are the four do's. But the don'ts are probably just again, common sense, but number one is, is, and this is sort of one of my pet peeves, is coffee shop talk. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, what they say the value of free advice is. Well, <laughs> uh, you'll get it at the coffee shop, and, and don't believe it, because I, it's amazing in all my years of experience here how many, uh, I guess, how many stories I've had to debunk uh, just because of they heard it at the coffee shop. The other thing is is that I hear people say, and, and it bothers me, is live it while you can, <laughs> you know, and and that's a that's a neat thing, but yet it's 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 a sort of outdated because we're living longer now. Mm-hmm. So those people that don't save early and and save as much as they can, you run out of time, and and so here if you if you waste those early years and. You know, live it up and live it while you can. So you can still do some of that, but it has to be side by side. And and all what you just need to understand is, hey, what are what what's your needs versus what's your wants? And once you sort of understand that, that's where a budget will help you. And then the the next don't is wait until next year. Again, procrastination seems to be it's ill. Ill a procrastination will ruin any type of financial plan. Uh, you just have to, like I said, keep the foot on the accelerator. And if you do nothing, then you'll, uh, 20 years down the road, you'll still have nothing or you'll, do, be, you'll be the same place. The, another don't is don't waste a refund or a bonus. And, and again, I say that because a lot of people, sometimes with their bonus, it's a little bit of a me thing. Well, I'm going to use this you know, to take that trip or I'm going to use it. But... But really at that time, and, and so sometimes, and I'm not saying don't do that. Again, normally my rule, rule is use half. Take half and maybe put it to the debt or the, into your savings or you know, add to your retirement or something. But the other half, then you can. So, so again, or all if you're fortunate. You know, in, in fact, I have one client that I really appreciate. But what they try to do is they just try to live off. They have, it's a two-income uh, household, a husband and a wife. And they try to live off of uh, the main earner's salary. But the other spouse's salary, they try to save. And so, you know, I thought, well, you know, if they can keep that discipline, they'll be there. I mean, mm-hmm. it won't be 40 years. It'll be 30 years, right. you know. And so, so that if they have that, that type of discipline, that's good. The other thing that don't, and, and again, this falls under just a category called what I call mistakes, and that's scams and, you know, uh, identity theft. And so anymore, and we all know the reality is, is we, we have to be so protective of our information and even teach your children this is just, boy, the more, you know, stuff, you know, sometimes I, I see, you know, uh, 
uh, people with their credit cards laying on the counters and stuff like that. And anymore, you, you can't do that anymore. This this identity theft thing is real. Scams are real, and you got to be keen to them, and you got to be schooled to them, or else you'll you'll have a setback if you don't. And then um, then the last thing as far as the downs, and and this is. Don't try to hit the home run, <laughs> and I say that because so often the the you know I get requests from people, hey, look at this latest deal, and and, and it's one of those things. It's, if it's too bit good to be true, it, it, it's it, it's probably not true. So so again, and, and a lot of people have made the mistakes, and whether it be investments and stuff like that, they 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 want the easy road. But again, I'm telling you that the the best route is just the strong and steady. And over a period of time, and be patient, and and it works. So, with that, Ken, uh, nothing revolutionary, but yet mm-hmm. uh, those are my words. We appreciate that very much, Galen. Very practical, great information with us. You know, sometimes I think we make things harder than it needs to be, and just your advice here very makes just perfect sense. And obviously, that that shows the success you've had in the last thirty nine years. Today's the day you're uh, you're retiring. Congratulations. What does that feel like? You know, uh, I think the best thing is going to just be waking up to no deadline and no one waiting for things from me. And I think uh, that's that's a good feeling. Yeah. And, and now time to spend time with my wife and, and my son that's home from school. Yeah. So what are your plans now that you're going to be retiring? Well, I tell my wife I'm asleep for a year. <laughs> but then after that, uh, nothing big, just just a uh, lot of little stuff. Yeah. But, uh, we enjoy our time like out at the lake, and some, so we're going to have some time. And plus, we have four grandkids, and so it'll mean more time with us, with them. Yeah, yeah. So at what ages are the grandkids? Oh, I mean, the the oldest just turned four. Oh, okay. So it goes from four down to one. And but so. pretty soon there will be activities to go to for the grandkids. Though, Absolutely. Like. Yeah. Lo- love it. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. Congratulations. And thank you so much for taking time to visit with us this afternoon. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you're a business that can help support this One Body Show, please know you'll receive three underwriting spots per show, and the show runs five times a week. Plus, you'll be listed as a sponsor on the One Body page of Divine Mercy Radio's website. If interested please call Donetta at 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio, 88.1 KBDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 101.7 KJDM Lindsberg. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.